InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Is it possible to scam-proof your life? It seems the world is overflowing with people set on stealing your money, possessions, and identity. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has a must-hear interview. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Sid Kirschheimer is AARP's resident expert on scams, and he has a new book called Scam Proof Your Life, which offers 377 ways to avoid being ripped off. Sid, welcome to InfoTrack. Thanks for having me. Your book covers just an amazing array of ways that people are out to get your money. Are there more predators and scams out there these days, or does it just seem like it? Oh, no, no. There are definitely more. In fact, the Internet has made it very easy for scammers, particularly in the area of identity theft. One of four counties, county governments, still post sensitive information, such as birth certificates, online. So any scammer with a computer, if he knows your name and where you were born, he could find out vital information, such as your mother's maiden name, which is one reason why you should never use your mother's maiden name as a password or a keyword for credit card accounts. In fact, when they ask for your mother's maiden name, make one up. Just make sure you remember it. That Visa customer service person doesn't know who your mom is. Very interesting. You also write that some of these traps for consumers aren't necessarily dreamed up in boiler rooms, but in boardrooms. Oh, absolutely. The credit card industry, for instance, has all kinds of what we call legal loopholes. They are allowed by law, but they still are scams. For instance, a lot of people know that if you're late paying your credit card bill, you get that what averages to be a $33 late fee. What they don't know is that with that late fee often comes a automatic increase in your interest rate. And that goes up about 10 percentage points after a single late payment. Wow. Plus, on rewards cards, many card issuers will take away all accumulated rewards unless you pay a $100 reinstallment fee. So essentially, if you're late, they'll steal your frequent flyer miles and hold them hostage until you pay them a fee to get them back. And their explanation is, well, it's all in that little fine print that you get when you sign up. It's all in the fine print, and what they also hide is the fact that it's no longer just a due date. There are now due hours, and they typically are at like 9 or 11 a.m., And it's not necessarily that the credit card payment has to be in on that day. It has to be processed by that day. One good tip to avoid any kind of hassles, late fee hassles, is as soon as you get that bill, pay something. It's only the minimum amount. Make a photocopy of it. Pay something. Get it off in the mail. You really need about 10 days to make sure you're covered. And then when you get your paycheck, pay a little bit more. Let's get into some other specific scams that you outline in your book. Taking a test drive at a car dealership. What's so dangerous about that? Well, what's dangerous is when the car salesman comes to you and says, Hey, why don't you and your spouse go out for a test drive? All I need is a copy of your driver's license. This could be a ploy, and actually this was verified by three car salesmen that I interviewed for the book. And that's not necessarily to say that all car dealers do this, but what they say is, 
while you're taking a test drive, they're running an illegal credit check. And that gives them the upper hand in negotiating. They pull up your credit, they see what you paid for your last car, they see what you pay on your other bills, and they can figure out how much you can pay. Most folks pay 10 to 15% more on their newest car purchase than on their previous one. This is often done when you enter a car lot, some dealerships ask you to fill out a form, and that is really a credit authorization that gives them the go-ahead to check your credit. If you don't do that, they often pull this test drive scam. That doesn't mean you shouldn't take a test drive. What you do is have that person come with you. I mean, the key is just to never turn over your driver's license because they can run a credit check only with the information. Only your name and address is needed. It's a misnomer. They need your Social Security number. Interesting. You also say there are some good times and bad times to buy a car during the month. Yeah. Traditional wisdom is to go the last weekend of the month because that's when there's a mad rush to unload that month's inventory. There's the best time. If you're going to shop, the best, absolutely best time is to go first thing Saturday morning. At a lot of larger dealerships, they offer incentives to the salesman who makes the first sale of Saturday because that's the busiest day for buying. Often these incentives are good enough where you can get a much better deal because, you know, the salesman's going to get this added commission. We're talking with Sid Kirschheimer. He is the resident expert on scams at AARP, and he's talking about some of the potential scams that are covered in his book, Scam Proof Your Life. One last car-related question before we move on to a couple of other topics. Can you just hit a couple of the high points on car repair scams? Most car repair scams involve work that is not done, that's purported to be done. And a simple way of doing that for certain things is to just kind of mark the car. Like if you're going to get a tire rotation, get some white out. Mark one of the tires. When you pick up your car, see if that mark is in the same place where you left it. If it is, the work wasn't done. When you're getting new filters, uh, things like that, you could also mark those. A lot of people ask for their old parts. But you know what? You don't know. It could be a part from another car. Really what you want to ask for is the box. Some of the boxes just have codes, but a lot of them say what type of car the part was used for. That's a good way of doing it. If you're on the road, that's where most of the common scams occur. Short sticking, for instance. You pull into a station and the guy says that you're low on oil because he didn't put the uh, dipstick in all the way. Uh, Smoking alternator, for instance. That's somebody just splashes a little antifreeze and suddenly your alternator starts smoking. Essentially, if you bring your car in and you're not having any problems and then the mechanic suddenly discovers something, and your car performs differently than when you brought it in, it's a scam. And essentially, just call them on it. Just say, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm not going to pay for it. On to another topic. You say there is a $2 device that can stop identity thieves from draining your bank account. It is a pen. It's a type of pen that you can buy at any office supply store. The brand name is Uniball. I have no financial interest in, in the company whatsoever. But it is made with pigments in the ink that make it resistant to check washing. A lot of people worry about shredding their garbage. You know, it's been a boon for the shredding industry. The reality of it is, is that you're five times more likely to be a victim of identity theft by someone stealing your outgoing mail. And in various neighborhoods, scammers just drive through the neighborhood. They look for the little flag up on your mailbox and steal your outgoing bills. They open up, they steal the check, put a piece of tape over the front and back of your signature, and stick it in acetone, the active ingredient nail polish remover. After about 30 minutes, all of the ink that's not embedded, not printer's ink, 
dissolves. And then they have a blank signed check from you after they remove that tape covering your signature. What these pens do is they have pigments in the ink that make it resistant to check washing. So when they stick it in acetone or other chemicals, it will not dissolve. Very good advice. We're nearly out of time, but let's just talk for a moment about tips to safeguard your home from thefts. Okay. Uh, Actually, I interviewed a jewel thief for this. He (laughs) says the very best place, if you're going on a vacation, to hide your valuables is in the washing machine. Obviously, (laughs) no one's going to be using it while you're gone. Most people keep their valuables, you know, jewelry, cash, whatever, in their bedroom. Most thieves have about five minutes to come in your house, steal what they can, and leave. They're never going to look in the washing machine. Great information. Sid Kirschheimer from AARP, the expert on scams there with the book Scam Proof Your Life. Sid, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Great, thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.